0: because today we are talking about partners in the gospel we want to always take time in our worship time to hear from God's Word because God does speak and he speaks very clearly through his word giving us instructions and truth about life and so today we want to hear from God's Word specifically about partnership and how Christians work in together um, because God gives us instructions about all things I've always been amazed at these teams of uh, crew guys, right, for the rowing. Um, when I spent time at a university that had a pretty substantial crew team, some of the girls who came to the Bible study were all part of the, 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 the crew ministry. Uh, no, the crew, crew is a ministry, Campus Crusade for Christ, they call it crew. But then crew is also a sport, right? It's the one where you're rowing in those little teeny thin boats that I do not understand how those boats just don't, but somehow they don't. They would go out at 5 a.m. to Onondaga Lake, which is an upstate New York lake, one of the most depleted lakes in all of America. I don't know why they were on that lake, but that's the lake they would go to. And they would get in and they would, 5 a.m., it's upstate New York. It's freezing cold at 5 a.m. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is, it's, it's never above 55 degrees at 5 a.m. And at five, these girls were out there rowing away in their skulls. And I mean, they had to do it in unison together Pulling giving great effort. Otherwise the boat didn't go anywhere It's the same thing about the ministry of the gospel. God has called us to be a people we sang about that He has called us to be a people that work together. We have different roles. We have different placements We have different gifts, but we're called to be together in the book of Philippians Paul is writing to one of his favorite ministry partner churches He's writing to a congregation that had been one of his financial supporters, his prayer supporters, one that they worked together for the gospel. And in Philippians chapter 1, it says this in verse uh, 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Right in the beginning, the very first verse, we actually see some very important truths. Notice that Paul says, Paul and Timothy. Paul the Apostle, the one who wrote thirteen books of the New Testament. Paul, this one who God used to bring God's word to us. Paul, says, and Timothy are writing the letter. Did Timothy write this letter? if you go over to chapter two, we see Paul talking about Timothy, saying, "I hope to send Timothy to you. I have no one else like him. He serves like a son with a father." Timothy didn't probably actually write it. Maybe he helped write it down. Maybe he gave some. Maybe God used him in some way. But Paul was the main author. Paul is the one that God was inspiring. Paul was the one that God was using to bring this letter to us. But he includes Timothy. Why? because he's including him in the process. Timothy was part of that missionary team that was in Philippi that started this church. Timothy was this young protege. He was this young pastor. He was this young learner of how to do ministry. And so even as scripture is coming together, even as letters are being sent to the churches, he's saying, Timothy, this is how you do it. You can't be everywhere. You can't be with everyone. But Timothy, I want you to know what to do. He's bringing him along. As ministry partners, as a disciple-making church, that's what we keep saying. Alley Baptist Church is a disciple-making church. We bring people along. We don't just do the work ourselves. We go with others to make a hospital visit. We go with others to invite someone else to come help us clean the kitchen. It's probably faster if you just do it yourself. I get it. You know where everything goes. You know how it all works. But we're teaching. Paul was already partnering with Timothy, but not only so, he's running to a church that was his partner, and he says to all of God's holy people, all of you are part of the team, together with the overseers and deacons. These servants, these ones God said called and equipped that were leaders among them, but they weren't the only ones that were getting the letter. It's everybody. Do you realize that at this church, If God has called you to be in this congregation, if the Lord is placing you here, you are being put into a body. You are being put on a team. You are being given a couple oars and it's time to row. We do this together. It takes the whole group. God has called us to work and to serve together. The book of Philippians actually gives us three important ways, and they are simple ways. They might seem basic ways but they are, they are so important to us. Paul shows the people how to partner together and first he tells us that if we're gonna be partners, we've got to pray. Gospel partners pray for each other. You heard Whitney already say, you're the ones that respond to my emails. You're the ones that are praying for us and I know you're praying for us. Look at how Paul says it. Verse three, I thank my God in every remembrance of you in all of my prayers for all of you I pray with joy why because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now it's that work that is so significant that joining together to make jesus known that work together to transform life to bring justice into the world to make jesus known where jesus is not known to make sure bible stories are being shared together this is what whitney i like you you're great but the reason i pray for you because the work that you're doing it's that partnership in the gospel that bonds us together even if we don't know each other all that well Most of you all know that my wife and I served as your missionaries long before we ever knew you. You remember this, right? That, that we served as the as, as the missionaries to college campuses up in upstate New York, and your prayers and your funding uh, came to us. Now we have this wonderful program where we support called the Cooperative Program, where we support so many missionaries that we've never met. So many missionaries that have never been in our church. So many missionaries that we don't know. And I'm thankful for that program because that allowed us to do our work. But we had a unique experience that not every missionary gets to. Have you ever heard the phrase, Well, maybe you'll be on the cover of the magazine. Maybe that's not a real phrase. Maybe it's a phrase I just made up. But anyway, it's a phrase now. We were on the cover of the magazine. We got to be your week of prayer missionaries. And I don't know if you remember doing this or or actually prayed for us that week, but there was a little, little article. And if you want, I've still got several copies because they sent me boxes when they had leftovers, and I can sign you a copy if you really want one. Okay. During that time, it was odd. Because I had always heard a phrase that was actually a phrase, I felt your prayers. Have you ever used that phrase or heard someone say that phrase? Oh, thank you so much. I really felt your prayers. See, I always thought that was just something people said, right? I mean, that's just kind of a thank you, right? Okay, you were praying. You said you're praying. I don't know if you really are praying, but yeah, sure, fine. You're probably praying. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your prayers. I felt your prayers. And we'll say something like that. I felt your prayers. Brothers and sisters, we were the week of prayer. 45,000 churches were praying for us that week. And I mean, we were getting cards in the mail from like, mission friends and royal ambassadors and all these little mission groups we were getting and I made the college students write a little postcard back to every single one of those children that wrote us because I felt prayer now not actually prayer but God moving in response for things were just different that semester things were different those weeks God seemed to be opening more doors for the gospel things just seemed to come together that I didn't expect we I could just I just felt differently I felt the impact as God responded to the prayers of his people on our behalf. Brothers and sisters we have an obligation we have a calling, we have something we got to do and we can do there is no excuse why not to we have got to pray for our missionaries for Whitney and for others how are you going to do it? How are you going to make a plan to pray? Now maybe if you wanna put a magnet on your refrigerator, maybe you have a bookmark in your Bible where you read every day, maybe it's like whenever I get that newsletter in the mail, that's when I'm gonna pray. I don't know that it has to be every day or once a week or once a month or just when you get the newsletters. You can pray how you decide to pray, but would you be faithful and praying with joy because of the partnership in the gospel? Our missionaries need our prayers and quite frankly, our church needs your prayers. Are you praying for Aaron? Thank you for how he led this morning and led us into God's presence. Are you thankful for worship team members, uh, Lori and Jim? And did you meet Christine Yoon? We're so thankful for her. She's played for us a couple of weeks. Make sure you meet her. She's a blessing. Uh, uh, praying for our worship team members, ones that are not even here yet. Are you praying for the Cindy and the work and, and the outreach team and what we're doing soon in a few weeks to do? Are you praying for God to move here? We need your prayer. Ministry partners pray for one another. But number two, ministry partners serve ministry partners actually get out and serve. This is a picture from Kentucky. Uh, This is a picture you've you've been seeing in the news, all the flooding, the devastating flood. Did you know our ministry partners, other Southern Baptist churches, other uh, Baptist uh, convention type churches and have our disaster relief programs, they have already given out um, fixed I'm trying to remember the, the numbers. Ah, 97 homes have been mudded out. And you know what mudding out is, right? When all the floodwaters come in, the mud comes in, you go in and the waiters and you get trained um, and you literally dig it out. I've taken college students to work with our disaster relief teams to do the rebuild stuff, putting up the sheetrock and all that kind of stuff. We've already helped 97 homes. They've already given out 15,000 meals so far. Our disaster relief teams, they have. Trucks that do the laundry, trucks that do the showers, trucks that do all of the things that you take for granted come in when there's a disaster. Our ministry partners are there. And we have our Maryland team. If you want to be trained on how to do this, we would love to. Cooks, clothes washing people, the guys who operate the showers, the people that go in and do the mudding out, we work together to spread the gospel. They've already seen 22 people give their lives to Christ in the last week alone. I am so thankful that we're called to serve. Listen to how Paul says it. I thank my God every time I remember you. In my prayers for you, I pray with joy. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel. Now listen to this. From the first day until now. They were partners from the first day. Now we think that, well, that could just be about prayer. Or we think that could just be about giving money. But it wasn't. This was actually about serving from the very first day. Now it sounds to me like hyperbole right well you know you were the, i mean, Whitney said it. you guys were there from the beginning I mean yeah you're like a maybe not the first year but somewhere in the second year but we were there pretty much from the beginning pretty much little hyperbole. Paul's was not hyperbole why do we know this well let's go to the book of Acts for a second when the Philippian church started It said Paul and his missionaries, this included Timothy, show up at Philippi. And it says from there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, it says, verse 13, we went out of the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. In other words, there there was no synagogue there. There were not ten Jewish men. They couldn't have a synagogue. Therefore, if there were any God-fearers or people who already believed in God, they would have probably found a little place to find a tree, find a shady spot, and pray. So they went out to the river. They're looking for maybe some people who already believed in God. And it says, we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those women was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. Now she was one of those God-fearers. She was one of those people that sort of honored the God of the Jews, the one God in the midst of this Greco-Roman culture. She prayed and honored him. There was no synagogue to go to, but she went out to the river every week. And it says the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. She became a believer that day she put her faith in jesus christ she heard when we say we're partners in the gospel we're partners in this message that jesus is the king of all kings the lord of all lords the one by whom and for whom creation was given and that this Son of God came to die on a cross for our sins. Three days later, rose again. And if you put your faith in him, you are forgiven. Your sins are washed away. You are reborn and part of God's family now and for eternity. This good news message came to Lydia. And God opened her heart. She responded. She said, yes. This is day one. Day one wasn't over yet. Because at the, when she and the members of her household were baptized, wait, what? her household, she went and told everybody else. They all came back to the river. They all became believers that day and she invited us into her home. Now look what she says here. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Okay, why did Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, record this interesting statement? Now, I mean, you've you've only got so much papyrus here. You've only got so much uh, uh, place to, to write down. He records this interesting little interaction. If you consider me a true believer, won't you come and stay at my house? I think she had to do it because I think Paul and the apostles were trying not to seem like we're just users. We're not just people that are preaching some kind of fake religion trying to get your money or to get some, a free place to stay for the night. She had to convince them because they were planning to go find a hotel. They were planning to find an inn. They were planning to find some place to stay and pay for themselves. And she's like, no, no, no. You said we were family. No, no, no. You said I'm part of this kingdom. No, no, no. You said that I also am part, have a mission and calling of God. And here's what I can do tonight. You can stay at my place and she persuaded them. They had to kind of live up to what they already had proclaimed that as fellow believers we become partners together and on that first day she was a partner in telling her family about Jesus and on that first day she was a partner in providing for their physical needs by opening up her home. Sometime later after Paul had been there in, in Philippi for a few weeks, uh, they were arrested. They were arrested because they cast out a demon out of a, of a young lady, and she was kind of helped tell fortunes, and uh, her owners, she was a slave, and her owners made money over the fortune-telling of this possessed young woman. As they cast this demon out, all of a sudden the owners were like, hey, you just kind of ruined our little financial gig here and had him thrown in prison. It says that Paul and Silas about midnight were praying and singing um, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the prison foundations were shaken. All at once the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. When he saw the prison doors were were open, he drew out his sword, he was going to kill himself. He thought he had lost his prisoners. He thought he was going to be tortured and, and abused over having failed. He thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights. He rushed in and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And look at what it says in verse 30. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your house will be saved, you and your whole household. Paul invited this jailer who would seen Jesus lived out to come into life. That's why we do the disaster relief in Kentucky, to be able to proclaim Jesus and to show the love of God in a very tangible way. That's why we support Impact One, to see a tangible way of life transformation. Here's a very tangible way. The prisoners didn't run away, not just Paul and Silas, but all of them because of the good news of Jesus. He brings transformation to the world. Well, in verse 32, the jailer did take them home. It says, they spoke the word of God to him and to the others in his house. At that, at that hour of the night, the jailer took, washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his household were baptized. Then the jailer went to the house and set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he'd come to believe in God. He and his whole household. We are partners with the gospel as we share with each other's families, as we're proclaiming to our children or our grandchildren. We are partners in the gospels we're sharing with neighbors. We are partners in the gospel as we serve one another. Maybe it's cooking waffles today. Maybe it's just cooking waffles today. Maybe it's um, serving together by inviting someone to church and giving them a ride. Maybe it's serving together by I think my waffle makers are going actually to the wall. <laughs> That's where they're going. People are actually heading that way. They start getting waffles started. I'm pretty excited. They're serving us today something simple, something easy. People made batter. People brought. Some... But we're serving one another. Not just so that we can have our bellies filled. But that this church might begin to thrive again. That new people could come and be welcomed and hear the good news of Jesus. Well, I've got one final point today. And I think it's one of the clearest points in the book of Philippians is the gospel partners give. They give financially to support one another. The book of Philippians, this entire book of the Bible, is really primarily its occasion, according to Bible scholars, was a thank you letter for an offering, a thank you letter for missionary financial support, a thank you letter given to the Apostle Paul while he was in prison. Now, here's the deal. Um, For prisons in the Roman times, if you didn't have anybody giving you money, you probably didn't eat. And if Paul was under house arrest at this time, he had to also probably rent the place where he was staying. That's what we see in the book of Acts. So, Paul needed financial support because he couldn't go out and work. He was under house arrest. And they were giving money to support him. It says in verse 10 of chapter 4 I have rejoiced greatly that you've renewed your concern for me indeed you were concerned but you didn't have an opportunity to show it the language here reflects this idea that the Philippians had been his financial supporters for a long time but they, they, they either didn't know where he was exactly or didn't know how to get the money to him but he had now People come back to Philippi from Paul to give them encouragement to bring this letter. Um, And earlier, some earlier people who had come and traveled back and forth to Paul were those that were able to give the financial support. Look what it says in verse 14. It was good of you to share in my troubles. Share in my troubles. This word share is a very interesting one in the Greek. It literally kind of means a deep partnership of two people going in the same direction it comes from the same word as koinonia, or fellowship. It's this idea that we are working together. Now, here the Philippians weren't in Rome. The Philippians weren't where Paul was. The Philippians weren't there. But in their financial giving, Paul says, it's like we're partnering together. It's like we're pulling together. It's like we're on the same team doing the same work. In verse 15 he says, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when you were first Christians, and when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. You were the first supporter. You were the first to give. You were the first to provide. He says, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire gifts, but I desire what that which is to... But I desire but what I desire is that more be credited to your your account. Any of you guys in the financial world? I I can usually tell, it's usually the depressed ones, right? I mean, we're all like, you know, the markets have tanked, everybody, you know. Is anybody like shifting money around these days? Like, oh boy, if I'm making any money over here, maybe I get to get over there. Anybody doing a little bit of that stuff? I mean, I'm looking at it going, wait. I made how much, or I lost, how much, usually how much I lost in retirement. Anybody like doing that? Okay, just don't even look. Like we don't even look. Here's what's interesting. What Paul is using, some very financial terms here, and what he's actually talking about is shifting your wealth from this world to eternity. He's actually saying, I I want there to be more in your credit, that you were able to take the resources that God gave you and you leverage them to make a difference in the lives of others. This becomes sort of credit for you in heaven. He's saying, I want more to be in your your bank account in heaven. Not that you actually have money in heaven. What would we actually need it for? But when I stand before God, God's not going to be asking me, how much did you have in your 403B or 401K plan? God's not going to really care so much about, wow, that really was a really nice new deck you put on the back of your house. God's not really, But God is going to be very interested in how I was a steward of the wealth he's given me. Did I use it to support the kingdom and the kingdom work around the world and right here in our own backyard? Brothers and sisters, if this church is going to go forward, if we're going to continue to be, be the missionary partner to Whitney, We also have to provide and support here. This is part of your calling. We also need to be those that are generous because we don't want to make a budget where it's all about us as we look at our budget for next year and not considering the needs of the world. Now, we can't all give the same amount. We don't all have the same resources, but we all can be faithful stewards. Paul says thank you. Verse 18, I have now received full payment. I have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. They are what? A fragrant offering. An acceptable sacrifice. It's pleasing to God. We give not because, oh boy, here comes the big pressure. No, we give because it's our offering to God. It's part of how we serve the Lord. And let's never forget, verse 19, that my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. The Father has already sent his Son. He already gave Jesus Christ on our behalf, the one who is heir of all things, by whom and for whom the universe was created. Jesus Christ was given so that we might have eternal life and a relationship with God this is the ultimate gift. He's already given us everything we need for life and for godliness and the Lord will supply all of our other needs as well. As the Apostle Paul reminds us, he who did not uh, only give us his own son, how will he not also along with Jesus give us all things? Brothers and sisters, today you have some pretty good challenges. You have the opportunity to come and hear more about missions, but you also have the opportunity to give. Um, There are special envelopes. We have giving back things, but there's a special envelope, uh, especially, I think, by this front one, that just says Impact One on it. If you want to make a special offering to Impact One, you put it in the Impact One offering or on the regular offering write Impact Envelope. You write Impact One. But you have an opportunity to give today, but you also have an opportunity to receive. You also have an opportunity to receive. Today, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ and received his gift of eternal life, today's your day. Today's your day. Say yes to Jesus. Ask him for forgiveness. Ask him to transform you from the inside out. His promise is that he's already paid for it, it's already given, it's yours. Today. You have the opportunity to respond to an invitation to become a member of this church. To say, God's placing us here. We're supposed to be here. There's is, this is something going on here that we want to be a part of. If that's you today, you respond. I'm going to be here at the front. If you need to pray to receive Jesus Christ, you can, you can ask Christ as your Savior right where you are. But I would love to hear about it. We would love to celebrate with you and tell you more. Um, if you're saying, I want to become a member of this church, yeah, you can come right now and talk to me now. You can talk to me after we want you to respond and give you an opportunity today to give today to receive this invitation the worship team is going to come and lead us in song you come and respond as god is speaking to you let's pray together father i am thankful I'm thankful for the partners we have and the good news of your son, Jesus. Thank you for giving us this ministry. Thank you for Impact One and all that you're doing in and through Whitney and her team. God, help us be faithful stewards of the time, the energy, and the finances that you've given to us. Let us not be those who seek only uh, for our own comfort, but help us to be those who sacrificially give. Lord, come, fill this place. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.